And I don't know if you've seen that, but sometimes it'll say recommended TV shows for you. And this is what came up. It was this TV show called Fit to Fat to Fit. Now, I don't know what Hulu was trying to tell me, but it was actually a really intriguing show. Like we started to watch it and it's this crazy journey of this physical trainer trying to help people that maybe they don't have the diet they want and maybe there's health issues that they're trying to work on um, or maybe their exercise, kind of their physical activity they're trying to change. And what he says is, I was the biggest problem. I mean, he's this guy that's muscular, that's lean, and he said, I was the problem because I didn't know what my clients were experiencing. He said, I didn't know the struggle of going through, like, not having good eating habits or not being in a healthy place and trying to work towards that. So he goes on, and I think we have a, a photo of it here, um, he goes on this journey over the next few months to eat like his clients, he doesn't exercise, and then the next few months he sits down with them, talks to them, and then he goes back on this health journey with them. He loses the weight with them. It's this crazy thing, like, when you watch this. Um, let me give a little disclaimer. If you think this is a great idea, don't do this, okay? So just don't be like, hey, Pastor Aaron said we should do this. No, don't do that, okay? Because they had to go through all this medical stuff, and it was kind of dangerous. But he said it changed them because he said, I knew what it was like to walk through my client's struggles. And you see different physical trainers doing the same thing in different episodes. And it's amazing because when they sit down with the person and they say, here's what I'm about to do. I'm going to gain all this weight, and then we're going to exercise together and lose it and change kind of our diets. It, I mean, they're blown away. Usually there's tears, like they're crying, and they're like, why would you do this for me? And, and they're motivated. They're saying, so many of them at the beginning are like, I'm going to do whatever this person tells me to do, whatever goals this trainer sets out, like I'm going to do it, I'm going to change my eating, because if they're willing to go to this length for me, there's nothing I wouldn't do. Like they're just so motivated and inspired. If someone would do this for me, I want to do this. I want you to hold on to that thought because we're going to circle back at the end of this message to this illustration. This morning, we're kicking off this brand new series called Describing God. And we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about what is the character of God? What is the essence of God? What are the words and maybe even sometimes the thoughts or ideas we use to describe who God is? And so we're going to spend the next few weeks focusing each week on one word, on one attribute of what we mean when we talk about this attribute of God. Let me give you a disclaimer as we start off this morning is we're going to do a really bad job of this, okay? We're going to try to do our best, but let's be honest here. We are humans trying to describe God, right? We are infinite uh, or we are finite beings trying to describe an infinite being who God is. We're trying to use our limited vocabulary, our limited language, and we are going to come up short in some ways. I don't care if you're watching this and you have the biggest IQ in the world, okay? You have a limited capacity to understand God. And this is where we're starting from. So just want to give that disclaimer. We are going to do our absolute best and we are going to come up really, really short of being able to describe who God is. But here's the thing. As followers of Jesus, we don't give up on the pursuit, okay? We don't give up on the journey. And that's not an excuse to say, God, you're so big and you're so massive and I could never understand you, so why even try? That's not who we are. We want to continue to grow and develop our relationship with him. If God has taken the first step of revealing himself, we should take that next step of saying, God, I'm going to try my best to understand who you are. And so that's the heart of this series, describing God. We are going to try in our best to make it very practical 
to make it very applicable in your life. We're not going to try to use big words or anything to scare anyone. We're going to try to make this really practical to understand who God is. And then what does that mean for us as his people? If this is who God is, then what does that mean for me going to my work or stepping into my classroom at school or in my friendships or in my relationships? What does this mean? So we're going to start with this word. This is the first word we're going to tackle is holiness. That's the whole thought of today's message is holiness. And as you read through the scriptures, if you've ever read through the Bible or maybe you've read parts, there are kind of two working definitions. The first is this. We don't often think about this, but the first one is other. Okay? Just one word, other. When we talk about the holiness of God, when we're describing God and we say holiness, the first idea is other. And what that means is God is separate and he is different than we are. Okay? Anyone watch Sesame Street growing up? A few of you guys? Okay. You may remember the segment, one of these things is not like the other, right? Maybe you've seen that, or you've seen a parody of that, or maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, but you were shown four objects. Three of them were the same, right? And one of them was totally different. That's what we're talking about when we talk about God. He is other. He is separate. He is in a different category, a different classification. Like, we struggle to even wrap our minds around what that is. And so when we're describing God and we talk about holiness, when you see this in the scriptures, many times that's what it's referring to is he is other. He's different than us. He is not like us. Once again, creator, creation, right? Designer, he spoke everything into existence and I burned toast, right? Like, just totally different level there of identities and categories right so that's what holiness means when you hear holiness that's really one of the definitions there god is other he's separate he's different than we are we are not the same as he is the second definition and many times we think more about this one when we hear holiness but it's this idea the holiness of god refers to his absolute moral purity his absolute moral purity and this idea that the absolute moral purity between God and human, his human creations, there is this vast difference. When we talk about God being right and you being right in that argument with your spouse, we're talking about two separate things there, right? Like when we talk about our goodness and God's goodness, not even on the same level there. There is this vast difference between God's moral purity and what we think we bring to the table with even our best efforts. So when we talk about holiness, that's what we're talking about. There is this massive distinction between God and us, and yet we're trying to understand him. Let me try to give you some illustrations just to kind of wrap our minds around what's the difference when we're talking about God um, as creator and us as his creation. Have you ever been, maybe in downtown Dallas, since we're kind of in that area, and stood outside of one of the skyscrapers? And maybe you're five foot five inches, maybe you're six foot one like me, maybe you're a little bit taller, but you look up at the skyscraper and you see 30 stories, 60 stories, and it just feels like it goes on forever. Like, it's so amazing that we as humans have created this massive building, right? Or you've been ever maybe in a stadium, soccer stadium, basketball stadium, wherever, football stadium, and there's thousands and thousands of people, right? And you're just one person in this massive stadium. It seems so enormous. You're like, man, this thing is just so big. And then you span out even further, and have you ever thought about how large the Earth is? I think we have a photo of the Earth. This is actually taken from the International Space Station. And you guys, that skyscraper or that stadium wouldn't even be a pin drop on this map. 
Like you couldn't even see it if you tried to identify where Dallas is, let alone one of the skyscrapers on this, wouldn't even show up on this picture of the earth because that's how small it is in comparison with how large the earth is. Now stop and think about this. The earth is tiny compared to the sun. Matter of fact, if Google serves me right, you can fit 1.3 million earths inside of the sun. I mean, can you even imagine that? 1.3 million of the earths inside of the sun. Like, I can't even imagine that many earths and multiplying the earth by that many times. And yet, that many of them will fit into the size of the sun. And God created all of that. You guys, he is other. He's holy. He's separate. As much as I want him to be, he is not like me. He is totally different. Let me give you just one more illustration of this. Some of you guys may know, but my daughter Angela is getting married this Thursday. So happy for her and Peyton. Last weekend, we decided to go on one last daddy-daughter date. And so I planned it. We did some fun stuff in Dallas. I don't know if you've seen this, but we went to an immersive art show. You're in this kind of art gallery. There's different rooms, and there's all these projectors and music everywhere. It's kind of a neat experience, and it's all Monet's painting. I hope I'm saying his name name right, but that's who it is, Monet. And all of these paintings, like around us, it's really cool, all of these kind of periods and time frames. And so Angela and I are sitting there, and we start Googling some of his paintings. This is one of his paintings right here. I think it's called um, Lily on the Pond or Lilies on the Pond. This painting right here sold for $80.5 million dollars. Not even his most expensive painting, okay? $80.5 million. I don't know how wealthy you have to be to pay $80.5 million for a painting, but that's pretty crazy, right? So $80.5 million. As Angela and I are leaving this kind of experience, they make you walk a certain way, and of course, they push us through the gift shop, right? You can buy a replica of what you just saw. You can buy a replica of this painting for $34.15. You could hang this in your house, right? It's going to look like Monet's painting. It is different, though, than the $80 million painting, right? $80.5 million painting. It is vastly different. It is separate. This is not the same. And when we talk about God, that's what we're talking about. He is different. It's not like us. And when we talk about his holiness, that's what we're talking about with God being right. Now, here's the thing. Let's be honest. We don't like these messages. Can I tell you, I was super stressed this week about having to get up and preach this message because I thought this isn't going to be one of the fun ones, okay? We don't like talking about this. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and thinking, Aaron, I already had a crappy week. Thank you for making me feel worse, okay? I realize I'm not like God. He's holy. He's good. I'm bad. Like all of these kind of terminologies that we use. And I promise you, the heart of this message is not to beat you up or to make you feel worse, or that you would walk away. And this is what we do. Sometimes we hear something like this, and even as we walk through these different thoughts, you may think, well, God's good, and I'm not, so why even try? Like, we can think that. Or he's holy, and I'm full of mistakes, and I'm messed up, so there's no way he could love me. Those are some thoughts that may come to our head, or our mind that we may start to think through. But I want you to hear this this morning. The heart of this message is to understand God more. And you're going to see this, I think, as we walk through this message is as much as we understand his goodness or as we can comprehend, he is other, he is separate, he is different. His love is so tremendous towards us. 
And so that's what I want us to discover this morning. Not that you walk out feeling worse, but feeling more loved by a God whose love is matched by his infinite holiness. And so we're going to talk about this this morning. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Isaiah. That's where we're going to be in a couple of different places this morning. And I'm going to read a number of scriptures. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. So Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. And um, some of these scriptures you, you can write down. Some of them we're going to go through a little bit more quickly. But you can go back and reflect on them. And I want to encourage you to do that. Or we mentioned the NCC app. And all of the scriptures are in there. And you can take notes on some of what we're going to talk about. But this is the first thing as we look at the holiness of God is this. Is that God's holiness, we are so close and yet so far away. When we think about God's holiness, I've just described it in a few ways. So close and yet so far away when we talk about how good God is and his perfection and how different he is other than us. We see this. We are so close and yet so far away. We see this in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3 and also in another passage in Isaiah. Isaiah 6 3. In case you've never read this, this is a prophet named Isaiah. So he would talk to people about God's word. Okay. And he has this picture of heaven. He's seen this picture of heaven. And God is like a king sitting on his throne. And this is what Isaiah describes happening. He says, I saw these angelic beings, so these spiritual beings surrounding the throne of God, and one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then another one would cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then they would repeat this and echo it back and forth. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, when you read this, you could think, what's going on? Is heaven just a broken record, right? Where they just repeat the same thing over and over again. But you need to understand what's happening when this is being written and when Isaiah's taking this in and when he's going to convey this to his audience there's something different that's happening here. This was written in the Hebrew language, okay? This was not written on a MacBook or a laptop or an iPad or something like that. So you and I, whenever we want to get passionate about something, we make it bold, right? Or have you ever mad text someone in all caps like you're yelling at them, right? Like, what are you doing? Why won't you answer? Or all of those, right? Like, that's what you do, or you put an exclamation point. Like, I'm really passionate about this. But in the Hebrew language, that doesn't exist. So when you want to draw the reader's attention to something, you repeat it. And in the Hebrew language, kind of that repetition of three meant like absolute or resolved or you were yelling at the audience, pay attention. What I'm describing is exactly like I am describing it. And that's what he says. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. He is complete in his holiness. He is perfect in his holiness. Like he is totally other when we're talking about him. This is who he is. Reader, pay attention. I'm describing God to you. That's what he's saying. I want you to really get this. But then look at this. So you get this picture of, okay, we get it. He's holy, right? Like we've got that. He's separate. He's other. But you fast forward a number of chapters in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. Look at this. Isaiah once again writing the words of God, and this is Yahweh speaking. He says, for thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. This is God speaking. I dwell on the high and holy place, but look, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. God's like, make no mistake. I am different. I am separate. I am other. 
We're not like each other like that, right? Like, I'm creator, you're creation. But let me tell you, I get really close to you. And if you're hurting this morning, if you're depressed, you want to throw in the towel. If you're like, God, I'm a failure. I keep trying to do what's right and I don't. God says, I am right next to you in this. I'm in this fight. I'm in this struggle with you. Yes, I am holy. We are so far away and yet I am so close to you as my creation. That's who I am. It's difficult for us to understand, but that's what the scriptures is conveying about holiness. It's not only talking about how far God away God is away, but also how close he is to us. That is the holiness of God. A Christian author and a writer, a great guy named A.W. Tozer says it like this. The greatness of God, talking about his holiness, rouses fear within us. The greatness of God rouses fear within us. And his goodness encourages us to not be afraid of him. To fear and not be afraid, that is the paradox of the Christian faith. To fear and not be afraid, that is the paradox of the Christian faith. We're supposed to be fearful of God because of his holiness, because of who he is, and yet his goodness reminds us to not be afraid. Now, if you're pulling out your hair saying, Aaron, this does not make sense, He's close, but he's far away from us. Like, you know, like all of this stuff, like we're supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to not be afraid. He's perfect. You know, all of these things, like, let me try to help you understand this in a way that may make a little bit more sense to you. Okay. Imagine it's last Sunday night and you've got your Cowboys jersey on, or maybe you're not a fan. Okay. But maybe a relative, maybe it's Monday morning and a coworker, right? And they are yelling at their team, right? What are you doing? Three points, just one field goal? Come on. They're screaming. These coaches don't know what they're doing. None of the players can make a play. Like what? They're yelling, right? And they are so mad, so furious. It's like they hate the Cowboys in that moment. But then when someone walks up with a 49ers jersey and they just say, that was a rough game. Like, you're ready to throw blows, aren't you? Like, you don't talk about my team. How dare you? When's the last time the 49ers did it? Like, you are ready to go at it with them. You're so mad. You love the Cowboys, but on Sunday night, you hate the Cowboys, right? Like, it is a love-hate. It's like a back and forth. It doesn't make sense, but it totally makes sense, right? Because they can't get the ball down the field. Like, you understand that? That's what A.W. Tozer is saying. We fear God, and yet his goodness tells us we don't have to be afraid. It's this paradox, but it does make sense. Like, we understand this. He is holy, which means he is so far other than we could ever understand, and yet he is so close to us when we are broken, when we are in need, when our heart is contrite. Like, this is what the scripture is telling us. This is the God who says, I'll do whatever it takes. In your brokenness, in your sin, in your mistakes, like, I'll do, I'll give my life, I'll sacrifice myself, and yet make no mistake, church, this is the God when we reject him, that we will face the justice of God for our sins. It's both. That's who he is, that's his holiness, he is other, he is separate, he is different than anything that we could understand or comprehend. The second thing, when we see, and when we talk about God's holiness, we need to remember this, He is the standard, not us. He is the standard. When it comes to holiness, he is the standard, not us. It's not you. It's not me. We are not the standard. Look at some of the scriptures. Habakkuk 1.3 says this, God, your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. 
Isaiah 5, 16, but the Lord of hosts will be exalted in judgment. The holy God will show himself holy in righteousness. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, God, neither are my ways your, your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When we talk about God's holiness, you're not the standard, I'm not the standard, he is. So sometimes we do this, right? We're like, Aaron, but you don't know my Aunt Brenda, like the best person in the world, like the greatest, like, or, or my Uncle Bob, or whoever it is, like, like this standard. And you guys, God says when we bring our best, it's like dirty rags. Like, it's just, it's gross and disgusting to him. The very best that we could bring on our own, in our own righteousness, it falls way short of God's standard. That's just what it is. He is the standard. When we talk about God's holiness, you are not going to stand in heaven and God is not going to say, well, how did you do compared to Aaron Escamilla? Okay? And that's not even a very high standard, right? So, but that's not what's going to happen. You and I are going to stand next to a holy God, and we're going to have to answer, how did we do compared to him? That's what we mean when we talk about the holiness of God. That's what we're striving for. I'm not trying to be more like you, and hopefully you're not trying to be more like me. We're looking at who God is, and we're saying, God, that's the target I'm going for. And we do this so many times, right? Like, maybe if you've ever had siblings or you've seen siblings and you're correcting them, right? And you're like, stop yelling at your sister. Well, at least I didn't hit her, right? Or your kid comes in late for curfew. At least I wasn't doing drugs, right? Or we pray these kinds of prayer. God, I know I gossip sometimes. Maybe I lie. Maybe I cheat. Maybe I still I have lustful thoughts. But at least I'm not a serial killer, right? Like, we go to this extreme of, like, I'm not out here, so I'm okay, right? No, you are not okay, and I am not okay, because we are not the standard. God is. And when we talk about his holiness, we need to recognize that's what we're talking about. Not, am I a little bit better than you, or am I a little bit better than my coworker or my neighbor? It is God. How do I stack up when it comes to you? And can I tell you, I've realized this. As I've gotten further along in my Christian walk, I feel worse about the sinfulness in my life. I would have thought this thing would have gotten better. And the closer I get to God, the brighter his light shines on my life. And I realize how much more broken I am than I ever thought. Like when I first came to Jesus, I knew I was messed up. But 20 years in, I'm a lot more. I know I'm a lot more messed up than I first realized. Because I've gotten closer to him. And every time I get closer, I realize he is so much more different, you guys, than I am. He is holy. He is other. He is separate. That's who he is. Now, when we realize that, this next and final thought is not going to make any sense. He calls us to be like him. I just spent this whole message telling you, you are not like God, right? You are different. He, he's different than you. He's separate. He's other. And yet God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, be like me. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 45 says this, For I am the Lord, I'm Yahweh, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Thus you shall be holy, for I am holy. Thus you shall be holy, for I am holy. A.W. Tozer once again said this, We have learned to live with unholiness 
and have come to look upon it as the natural and expected thing. As followers of Jesus, you should be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. The standard isn't, what's the least amount I can do and get by? My goal is, God, how can I reflect you more and more each day? Now, let me be clear. Here's where we mess this up. We mistake holiness with self-righteousness. And we try to make Christianity and our relationship with God about a list of rules. Don't do this. Do this. Like this long list of things. These things are bad. These things are good. Just try to do them. And, and then you'll be holy and you'll be righteous. You will not be. You can't do this on your own. What I'm striving for is not a checklist. I'm striving for obedience to the will of God. That's my goal, obedience to the will of God. I'm walking in his holiness. I'm listening to his voice. I am submitting and surrendering every part of my life and asking God, what do you want me to do? And he's called me, be holy as I am holy. That you and I, our lives should not look like everyone else's. Because Christ has called us to more. Your life should not just blend in and be a reflection of everyone else's. It should look different. And you should not be trying to do this on your own. Like maybe if I can just muster up enough willpower. Or if I can just try to be good enough on my own. No, it is complete and total surrender and submission to God. And recognizing, God, I can't do this. Like I've told you, 20 some years and I'm still messing this up. And it's every day coming and saying, I'm trying to lay down my will, God. And I'm trying to listen to your voice because you have called me to be like you. You are holy and you have called me to be holy like you. And so I'm surrendering my will to the will of God's spirit. And I'm asking him to help me. So this is how we're going to respond. We're going to respond in a few ways this morning. Is I'm going to ask you to do this this week. Some of this in your personal time, some of this while you're around other people. Um, you can take out your phones and grab a screenshot of this. But this is our action item this week is I'm going to ask you to just spend some time. Could be early in the morning, in the evening. Maybe you're driving somewhere. Maybe you're in the shower, whatever you're doing. Spend some time and reflect on how great God is in his holiness. God, you're holy and yet you're close to me. God, you're holy, and yet you are so close to me. And then discuss some of these um, questions with a group of friends. It could be in your discipleship groups that we have here at NCC, our NCC community groups. It could be with other followers of Jesus. Is it easier for me to focus on God being holy or just to see God as a friend? And why? What is one way that God's calling me to be more like him? Is there an area he's working on in my life? Let me tell you this. This is the beauty of the story of the scripture. When you start to understand this, that opening illustration that I gave you, God says, you don't have to do this on your own. He left the comfort of heaven to come here on earth and to walk as we walked. Now, the illustration starts to fall apart because Jesus never sinned, okay? So he never messed up here on earth. But he showed us the new way to be human. He showed us the holiness of God in bodily form. The fullness of God's deity dwelling as a man living here on this earth. And he's saying, hey, if I did this, if I surrendered my will to the Father, you can surrender your will to the Father. You can do this. You can be that reflection of God, God's light shining through you to the world around you. And Jesus was the picture of that. 
I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask if you would take a moment and just bow your head and close your eyes. And maybe you're here, and we're just going to start here this morning. You may be in this room, or maybe you're watching online, and you would just be honest and say, I'm disconnected from God. Okay, Aaron, you're talking about the holiness of God, and I am nowhere near that. I don't even know if I've started the journey. The truth I want you to hear this morning is not how bad of a person you are. We, we've all sinned, we've all messed up and made mistakes is what the scripture says. We can't fix ourselves on our own. And the beautiful story of the Bible is this, is that God came and he rescued us. He gave his son, made the sacrifice so that we could be brought back into right relationship with God. And all it takes is us acknowledging that, God, I've messed up, I admit it, I've sinned, and I need your help. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and the prayer just does that. It says, God, I need your help, and I'm inviting you into my life. And I'm owning my mistakes, God, and I'm asking for your forgiveness, and I want your help. I want your help to change me and transform me and to make me new. And so if that's you, I'm going to invite you to say this prayer, and I'm going to ask that we all say this together, even if you're maybe at home by yourself, say this out loud because we don't want anyone praying this alone this morning. Let's all say this out loud together. Jesus, I come to you, and I admit that I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I want your forgiveness, so I invite you in. Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, can you put your hands together and just celebrate for anyone who prayed that prayer? The Bible says this, that all of heaven is exciting and rejoicing. Even when one person that didn't have a relationship with God comes back into a right relationship with him. And if that's you, we are so excited for you in that decision that you're making. I know it's a simple prayer, but God begins to work on the inside of our life to change us and to reshape us and to form us again. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to do this alone. We don't want you to do this alone. If you prayed that prayer and you said, yeah, uh, I've been away from God or maybe I've been disconnected from church, but I want to connect with God. I want to be in a relationship with him. I want to get to know the God that you're describing. There's a simple step that you can take, kind of a first step. If you'll go to newcommunity.co slash connect track so newcommunity.co slash connect track this is a class that we have where we just get together um, a few times a month and we start talking about who is jesus and when we talk about being saved what does that even mean or what does it mean to be in a relationship with god and walk with god so we're going to just try to make that as simple as we can and explain that and help you start that journey and then also how do you grow in your relationship with god how do you cultivate and kind of create that relationship with god we don't want you trying to figure this out by yourself. We want to help you do this, and we want to walk alongside of you. So I want to encourage you, if you pray that, maybe you've been disconnected from God, um, take a moment, go sign up for that. Join us for Connect Track. We want to encourage you and help you as you begin to walk with God. Now we're going to respond in one more way this morning. And that is this. We're just going to take some time and reflect on what God's just spoken to us and what we've just talked about in describing God, God's holiness. That he is separate, he is other, and yet him being God has chosen to be close to us. And so we're just going to create some moments, and 
This morning's service is going to end a little bit different. Our worship team is just going to keep playing. And however long you need, it may be 90 seconds, maybe a couple of minutes, it may be five minutes, it may be 10 minutes, or even longer. We don't want you to rush out of here this morning. And I'm just going to ask you to take a few moments and just reflect on that. What does it mean that God is holy? What does that mean for your life? How will that change the way that you live, the way that you talk to Him, the way that you interact with Him? Knowing that, your actions, who you are as a person, what does that mean? And so we're going to take a couple moments and we're going to reflect on that. And once again, don't rush out. Don't feel like you're in a hurry this morning. You have plenty of time. Just reflect on that. Once you're done reflecting, you can be dismissed. Um, I know we love to talk to each other, so when you're ready to have those conversations, if you could head out into the lobby because we don't want to interrupt anyone else. But let's just do that. I'm going to start by praying, and then we're just going to spend some time reflecting on that. God, what does it mean that you're holy? And how is my life shaped by that? So God, we just we recognize that this morning. As close to us as you are as a friend, God, you are vastly separate and different, Lord, because of your holiness, who you are. And so Holy Spirit, in this place, in this room, Lord, remind us of that. There's areas of our life you need to work on, Lord. Speak to us in this moment. We don't want to rush out of here. God, if it's just reflecting on who you are and your goodness, Lord, your holiness, God, help us to take a few moments and do that, God. Meet us in this place, God, as we reflect on you.